0: provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best Uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful hosts, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Hi, kings and queens. Thank you so much for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing um, guest speaker that's going to come on with us in just a moment. It's actually also our last guest speaker for the a season, so I'm super excited to uh, have Tanira on our platform today to share her testimony. Um, Tanira Green is actually a 36-year-old Uh, who's going to share her journey and how she once lost herself battling depression and gained over 100 pounds in two years. And um, I believe her story is so powerful because she'll be sharing how she found herself through healing and working out. Uh, Before we get into her story, I did want to show a before and after picture of Tanira. Um, of how she once was 100 pounds um, over within two years and how she actually uh, was able to work out and just um, empower herself and motivate herself into getting back into... a healthier lifestyle and being able to come on today's platform and share her story. So uh, Tanira, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for coming on your our platform and being able to share your testimony. Uh, before we get into your testimony today, can you tell us um, a fun fact about yourself?
1: Um, well, first, I just want to thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be uh, here on the Uncommon Women platform. I appreciate uh, you kind of opening the doors to me. Uh, but a fun fact about myself, ooh, um, I'm extremely mm-hmm. goofy. Um, you know that, Shana. Um, <laughs> I'm extremely goofy. I love yeah, to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <favorite>. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing is my favorite. I make a lot of jokes. Um, you know, I'm really hilarious. And I know some people think I'm not funny, but that's a lie. I'm extremely funny. Um, <laughs> but that's a fun fact.
0: <laughs> I agree. You definitely are funny. Um, some of the reels that I caught uh, with you during the pandemic has had me trying to figure out how to do TikTok, wasn't able to do it, but, um, <laughs> I appreciate your skills with, uh, the talents that, uh, God's provided for you to be able to just, you know, get up there and be yourself and, uh, do those reels. So thank you. She's, she's a. Elect- Make sure y'all go check her out. I don't know if you want to drop those reels out there, but make sure y'all go check her out. She is funny. Um, so I don't think that's a fun fact. I think a lot of people that follow you know that you're funny, but <laughs> 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 so we appreciate it. We got-
2: well, we I got to go check it. them out then. Um, I like a good laugh.
0: <laughs> you do, you do. She's hilarious. <laughs> so before <laughs> we get into your story and your journey, can you tell us a little bit about um, your life? How was it um, growing up and things like that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, I grew up in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, very small city. uh, One of those cities where kind of everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows your mom, your dad, your cousins, everybody knows everybody. Um, I think my, I would say my, my upbringing was dynamic. Uh, My parents were like two, you know, just completely different. My mother was uh, very devout Christian and very, you know, we went to church seven days a week, you know, it was serious. And then my dad was the opposite of that. He was a, He was a religious skeptic. You know, he his favorite kind of pastime is to study other religions and then talk to people within that religion and and ask them a lot of questions to stump them. Um, So kind of having that that duality in Mm -hmm. my life uh, created a very interesting human. Um, And I'm one of eight. So I have have a very big family. I've got uh, three sisters and four brothers Um, and I'm kind of at the end of that. I'm number six. Uh, so, you know, um, I was a lot of hand downs you know, a lot of uh, being the little sister and having the little sister syndrome type thing. <laughs> um, I think uh, my family was really, really close. We've always been really, really close. Uh, we're still close to this day. Um, and then, you know, we had a really tragic thing happen when my, my father passed when I was 19. Um, you know, coming yeah. from always having a mom and a dad. To to your dad no longer being there and your your family's kind of thrown thrown in disarray. Um, that's kind of how how that worked out essentially. Um, fortunately enough, you know I have wonderful brothers who kind of stepped up and just you know took like head of the family and and just kind of let us down and and, and brought us back together and you know as we were hurting kind of working through that process. Um, you know I was super young at the time, 19. It's actually uh, the anniversary of my dad's death today, 17 years. Um,
3: okay. Yeah.
1: So so that's a coincidence. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a, you know, that's almost like his little sign to me, like, you know, I'm I still got you. Um so (laughs) I say through that process, me and my my siblings got even closer, honestly. After my my father passed, we we got, you know, like super close. But for me, it was always a goal to to leave Coatesville. You know what I mean? I love my family. I'm super close to them. I love being around them, but I really wanted to leave this area. I really wanted to like explore the world. You know, that was, that was always what I, just everything I wanted. That was my dream from a child, you know? Um, and that, right. that was kind of what led me to to join the military for the most part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so okay. I joined the military. And how was your
0: experience in um, joining the military?
1: Um, I love. I like the military. I love the training. I love the training. Um, I love how it tests your kind of mental toughness. Um, I love, you know, I love weapons training. I, I really enjoyed uh, shooting firearms. That was that's a good time. Um,
0: oh,
1: you're a little crazy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm a good shot. Thank you. Uh, but uh, but I, I really enjoyed my my time in the military, and that's where I met my husband. Um, we kind of met we had the same job we went through training together um and that's kind of funnily enough when, when we first met I was zero percent interested in him zero percent He had to work mm-hmm. on me he had, to, <laughs> he had to put some time in you know he had to t- he had to, you know put put some efforts in but um but eventually we kind of uh as we went our separate ways you know he was he was off to to Fort Bragg. And I was I was off to um, to Fort Indiantown Gap. Uh, that's where we kind of connected, as it was more so long distance, which is strange. But <laughs> um, okay. but yeah, I loved I loved my time in the military for sure.
2: Mm, okay,
0: that's so dope. And um, to hear that you wanted more and actually took the chance and leap to actually you know join the military and. You did have the opportunity to be able to see more than just Coachville. Some people, you know, we we talk about what we want to do, but don't actually, you know, take heed to actually doing it. So mm-hmm. I love that you have the uh, encouragement within yourself to actually just take faith and actually leave your family because you have a big family. So I can well, I can't say I can imagine I know your family, but <laughs> you guys are very <laughs> close So for you
1: to be apart from them.
0: I know that was hard as well. Right.
1: Oh, that was a major adjustment. Um, It was really because I I, I became a recluse for a little bit because, you know, I'm so used to having like my sisters to call my you know, and at that point I didn't. So it was funny because when me and my husband, um, when we got married and we moved to Fort, we moved to um, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, um, he would get me my friends. He would literally go out and get me my, like he would have Friends, he would be like h- h- her wife. You, you would get along. You guys, I'm telling you, you would get along. She like she wrote poetry. Recruiting. He was like recruiting.
3: He, was,
2: um, <laughs> he, was, he was just making sure you know that you have friends. You
1: and you make sure you were good. That's what I that was. was. He was
3: out there recruiting he friends. Was, I'll sure, you know. uh,
1: but I really, I met some really great women. Actually, some people that I'm still connected with now. That was you know 11 years ago. Um, so nice. you know, so that was a, that was a positive thing um which we weren't married for very long before before babies popped out <laughs> you know so um after we got married um we weren't trying to have a baby but we weren't careful either you know it was like whatever
3: it happened you know? right um, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um during my first pregnancy with my son i genuinely i was just elated because you know, I waited a while to have kids. A lot of, you know, my friends had kids at like 21 and 20 and things like that. Um, I, I had my first at 27. So I was like, I'm so excited, you know. And um, but when I was in the military, it's such a lot is a lot of pressure to, to 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 hold your weight down. Right. Because what people don't uh-huh. know about the military is you do have um, height, weight requirements. Um, Other than a PT Mm -hmm. test. So for your height and your age, you have to, there's a kind of a maximum weight that you're allowed to be essentially. Um, And not that they'll, you know, just expel you, but it will hold you back, you know, career wise from like promotions and different things like that. So, you know, it Mm -hmm. was a lot of pressure at that time to really, honestly, even though I was pregnant, still work out, still try to maintain um, and, and, and really make sure that once the baby was here, that I could kind of jump back into things, you know? Okay. Um, but unfortunately I had a really difficult pregnancy. You know, most people have like a little morning sickness. I had like massive all day sickness, um, mm-hmm. to the point where I, I couldn't even swallow my saliva because it would, I was so nauseous that even swallowing my own saliva would make me throw up. Oh, it would, wow. yeah. Um, so I, I had a spit cup. It was gross. Um, but we got through it. Uh, but, um, then, you know. I started having some complications, you know, just like right. cramping here and there, um, and then the cramping got excessive, honestly, um, and that was towards around like 19 weeks, you know, coming around half halfway through the pregnancy, um, you know, and I was expressing this to my doctor, um, and they're just, you know, their their constant kind of retort was, you know, drink more water; it's it's dehydration, right? Wow, Which is which is the army's favorite saying, drink water, uh, <laughs> drink water and and take Motrin. That cures everything. Uh, but so, you know, I'm getting reassurance from the doctor that, it, you know, you drink, just drink more water. You're dehydrated because, you know, because of the nausea, because you're vomiting a lot, because, you know, you can't hold a lot down. Um, but uh, one night the cramping got so bad that I, I like literally couldn't couldn't take it. Um, and so I, I went to the military hospital. Um, they, they didn't do a pelvic exam at this point. I was 21 weeks. Um, they didn't perform a pelvic exam. Um, they, they took blood and then, you know, um, and my vitals and they said, well, it seems like maybe you're just dehydrated and you need to, you know, um, and you need to just drink some water and, you know, and just lay down. So they sent me home. So I went home and I tried to kind of like lay down and drink water and just like relax. Um, but then it continued to get so much worse and just over the time it was just getting worse. And I was like, we need to go to the uh, civilian hospital. Um, so then me and my husband, uh, got in the car and we drove to the civilian hospital. I'm in so much pain at this point. I'm like delirious, honestly. Um, when we got inside the hospital, um, he had to kind of like do all of it, check in, do all this extra stuff. And then, um, they took me kind of back to check me. Um, they called the OB nurse down. And as soon as she kind of, uh, did the, did the, um, kind of vaginal check, she said, Oh, she's, she's four centimeters dilated. Um, and like, you know, let's take her upstairs. She's having this baby, you know? And at that time, um, I knew that, um, there was no way that my, that my child could possibly make it being born at 21 weeks, uh, 21 and a half weeks, but I still had like the hope, right? Like I still yeah. had the hope that maybe, maybe even they could, they could stop the labor. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately that did not happen. Uh, when I went upstairs, they kind of, they, they gave it to me really raw. They said, you know, the, the nurse, she held my hand and she said, you know, um, we can't stop the labor. We can't at this point, you're too far along. And, you know, you're going to have this baby and we're not equipped. You know what I mean? Um, so that was a hard pill to swallow. Excuse me. I get a little emotional. Um, I call my mom, I'm on the phone with my mom. I'm just like crying and just telling her like you know my baby's coming i don't know what's happening like um and there's nothing they can do to stop it um my mom being the mom she is <laughs> she's in she's in pennsylvania i'm in north carolina she gets in the car and drives to me drives to me wow and um i'm tearing through labor uh no medication um and it was like, I don't know, the baby waited for my mom to get there. It was like, as soon as my mom got there, uh, my water broke and, you know, and I had to push him out. So, you know, as I'm pushing him out, you know, my mom's there, my husband's there. Um, I'm pushing him out and he's, you know, he's alive, he's moving, you know, you can't hear him, but he's alive, his eyes open, and he's moving, you know, and then uh, when they cut the umbilical cord, you know, they cut his lifeline essentially. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and that moment for me was like, I'll never forget that moment. You see. That's okay. Take your time. Yeah. So that was a really difficult time for me, honestly. Um, and my husband too. And I and I honestly, I my hat's off to him because he really stayed strong for me he really, he definitely did. And, and, um, honestly, there was no way I was going to make it through that without him, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but after that, honestly, um, I, I was so depressed. Um, I just didn't want to live anymore. I, I just, and I stopped, I stopped, like I was breathing, you know, my body was working, but I stopped living. Like I would do the requirements and then I would come home and I would just, lay on the couch just lay there no tv on anything i couldn't sleep in the bed because um it was like when i slept in the bed at night that's the most that i felt him move a lot and he would you know squirm around mm-hmm. and be active um and so i could I, I just couldn't i couldn't lay in the bed i couldn't be there um my husband at the time he he was my rock he he would literally pick me up you know he would pick me up off the couch and make me live again you know mm-hmm <laughs> he would make me shower. He would make me eat. He would make me, you know, leave the house. He would make me go places, you know. And um, and then sometimes he would just lay with me. Sometimes he would just lay with me and just be there with me. Um, and I think that tethered, you know, us essentially in that moment. Like um, I definitely would not have, or I don't think that I would have gotten out of it um without him right you know and not that my family wasn't there but they were so far um that that they they could only be there minimally essentially Mm -hmm. you know um but uh that was really when I was done with the military because I felt very much so like they didn't they didn't care um uh it was like right after I had my baby um I was sitting in, in, in formation and they're like, okay, well, these, I'm calling out names and you have to take a PT test. Cool. And then they call my name out. So I mm-hmm. go into the area and I'm like, yeah, top. Uh, well, that's the first sergeant. First sergeant, I, I cannot take a PT test, you know? And he's like, well, why can't you take a PT test? I'm like, um, at that moment I was so raw. I just burst into tears. You know what I mean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, still recovering. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that 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 right there, I was just I was just done, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I wanted to to be out of the military, you know, and I knew that I wanted to separate um, from that point. Uh, but you know, it's not that easy with, with the army. <laughs> quit, you can't just quit. It's not know, like it's not like you know, a civilian guy. You're like, I'm done. Yes. No, nah, nah, you go to jail. That's um, <laughs> Right? Get you? Get <laughs> you? It's called AWOL. No, right? I <laughs> yeah. But um, through that, after that, uh, me, and my husband, we we wanted to try again. You know, after we kind of got back into being okay, uh, being in a better place, we really wanted to try again. And and um, it didn't take long. I'm fertile. <laughs> so. <laughs> I I was pregnant very soon after, um, with my baby girl, Gavin. Um, and that pregnancy, I was neurotic, honestly, because I was so afraid of the same thing happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, knowing at that point, because before I got pregnant, I had no idea that, um, that my cervix was, you know, would they say incompetent cervix, meaning, you know, as, as the baby gets a little heavier, it kind of just wants to to give out. Right. Um, so I I had no idea before that. So after that, you know, it was like, I was so neurotic and I had to have um, an ultrasound like every single week where they would, you know, Mm -hmm. check my cervix, um, you know, make sure everything was closed, make sure, you know, we're good. Um, and those weekly visits were important because I was crazy. Like I, you know, I'm just like feeling all like, is, the baby okay? is this everything baby okay? Everything yes. is like yeah, yeah. Every thing I had the I had the the heart monitor. I could hear the hear the heart. Like I was, a right. girl, you know. <laughs> no, so like, you were a concerned mom. You yeah. wanted to. Yeah. Like, you wanted to prevent
0: on your own. Cause you, I guess you felt like they let you down in a sense because mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, well just drink water. So you were just being precautious on your end, making sure that mm-hmm. you could do everything that you could do as a mom to make sure that this pregnancy went right. You know,
3: mm-hmm. and there's nothing
0: wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Don't call yeah, yourself.
0: There's
1: it. <laughs> also a lot of self-blame in it. I think because mm-hmm. when you go through uh, the loss of a child, especially when you feel it has to do with you like it was my body that malfunctioned right like right you feel very responsible you know what I mean? mm-hmm. and it's really hard um in a very long process to to, to forgive yourself right to like mm-hmm. it and say to bounce back well, right yeah you know you don't know what you don't know until you do know you mm-hmm. know um yeah. and you not be angry with yourself for being ignorant you know mm-hmm. and and so I had to walk myself through that process as well during during the pregnancy of of my first daughter. Um, I will say, um, I the the pregnancy was you know as it was I was still sick with that one as well. Um, but oh when God. I had her, I did end up having to have a, a an emergency C section. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you, the moment she came out, and I heard the cry. Yes. I cried too. We cried together. It was oh <laughs> we cried together you know mm-hmm. um and you know you know how they do if you if you know you have your baby oh, and they okay. bring the baby over to you I and, uh, yeah. you know Um <laughs> but i of course because i had to finish the surgery i didn't get to hold her for, for you know a while mm-hmm. You know, I still, still, still right. I still, I was the first person to hold her, but you know, it is what it is.
3: Oh, so you weren't able to do the skin to skin. <laughs> okay. You know,
1: I will afterwards, I was able to do skin to skin where I breastfeed, okay. so I was trying to breastfeed. Right. And mm-hmm. to go through that. Okay. Um, but I think uh, that baby, Gavin, she, 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 she gave me new life. She mm-hmm. gave me new life right there. Amazing. Um and I was able to actually get out of the military through her because when you're pregnant and you, there's a process that you can take where you can, you can get out. Um, oh, okay. So on, she yeah, was kind of a blessing too. Well, yes. a double blessing. Yeah, <laughs> double blessing. Yeah. Um, and that was around the time that we had moved to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we moved to Italy and uh, with my little newborn baby. About three four months, you know, and we're just like in this new world where I don't speak the language, uh, but <laughs> but oh, I loved it there. I mm-hmm. I adore Italy. It is an amazing, beautiful place. I lived in Vincenza, was about forty five minutes from like Venice, so it's like northern Italy. Mm, okay, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was I mean, a beautiful place, and I would say the country just has an amazing culture. I love the culture there. It's it's family oriented. Like um, mm. when I have my babies there. People would come around and they'd be like, "Oh, boom! She's so beautiful, little baby!" Like all the time, you know. <laughs> um, and and you get special treatment, you know, because I actually I got pregnant with my second daughter while we were in Italy. Um, and uh, when you're pregnant in Italy, you're a princess. You're a princess because they let you in front of everything, like literally, like yeah. you know, it's so like everybody. royalty. <laughs> we, went a, we went to a restaurant and my husband went in there to check and they're like oh it's like a 45 minute wait and um then i sit up there you know with my big belly and i was like huge and they're like oh is your wife she
3: pregnant oh no
1: come now <laughs> i was
0: like oh this is what pregnancy gets you okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pregnant I'm pregnant. <laughs> look, look,
1: I'm pregnant you don't know like uh-huh. Uh-huh. All you got to so. do is just show the belly and there it is. Show uh-huh. the <laughs> so belly.
3: That's all. rub on it.
1: Rub on it. <laughs> <laughs> rub it. Accentuate. You know, let them know. That yes. <laughs> but um, even, I mean, even small children, when I had, uh, after I had Gabriella, who was also born by emergency C-section, life is funny. Um, <laughs> uh, when we went to Paris, to the Louvre, we got literally pushed down to the front of the line because I had a stroller and a baby. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I can get used to this now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play with me. I can get used to this. Uh, but um I think that the biggest thing is what I realized was after 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 I had kind of both my girls, um they they gave me a a beautiful distraction if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because after uh after I had them and I'm kind of just living life, I feel like all of the depression kind of folded on me, you know, okay. it, it just folded on to me. And then there's that extra, there's that added piece of now being a stay-at-home wife and mother. Um, and I was still in school at this at the time as well. So I'm going through school and and you know, taking care of the little people. Um, I additionally had a little daycare business that I was running, doing my thing.
3: Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um But I just felt, it was, I don't even know what the feeling was. It was, I didn't feel like myself. You know, I felt like I was lost and I had no idea who this person was. And I was just going through the motions of everything, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, loving all my babies. Right. And and, and me and my husband, Um, and at that time in Italy, we were going through a rough patch. You know, we were going through a little bit of a rough patch. And I think. Anytime uh, I talk to women who are newly married, um, I let them know that I, I you have to stress to people. I think that and this is something that people don't talk about um, when you're in a relationship and when you get married. After you have children, the dynamics of that relationship change,
3: mm-hmm. right? And
1: you have to be prepared for how those dynamics change, right. and so you're able yeah. to maneuver through that. Um, that wasn't just that just wasn't context that I had before before you know the experience. So. Uh, it was, I would say it was a rough process, you know, it was mm-hmm. a very rough process. And, um, I'll be talking, talking to my sister on the phone, just kind of telling her how I'm feeling. And, and, you know, it was just for me, I, it wasn't just the weight, it wasn't just the weight, even though that was a large part of it. It was also, you know, now I'm a mother and now I'm a wife and I'm always someone I'm else doing everything. Right. I'm mm-hmm. someone else's something. I'm never just me. Just me. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Um, and so I feel like that hit me super hard Um, and, and hating the way I look did not help, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, gaining a hundred pounds through, through each pregnancy. I, I, you know, Throughout the, the last two pregnancies, I was on partial bed rest, meaning I was I didn't have to lay down all day, but I wasn't able to work out. I wasn't able to long, walk long distances. I wasn't able to um, really carry anything over 10 pounds, lift lift anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, we want you to walk from one seat to the next seat. You know, and that's it. Um, yeah. And in that moment, you don't care about the weight. You're just like, I just want my baby here. I just want my baby right. here. to Help me. If I got to gain 40 pounds, that's what it is, Jack, you know? Um, So, uh, but after the kids, that's when it comes. It's like, how in the world did I gain a hundred pounds? You know, Um, uh, I was at my heaviest. I actually don't know what my heaviest was because Uh I was too scared to get on the scale. Mm. I was too afraid to really see. I was too afraid to know. Wow. Um, So before I got on the scale, I was like, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm going to try a little something. I'm going to, you know, change the way I eat. I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to start working out a few times a week. Um, And once I started doing that, um, I got more depressed (laughs) because the weight wasn't coming off. Um, I was Mm -hmm. I was you know, I was in a calorie deficit, about twenty five hundred calories a day. Um, And then and I was working out about four times a week as much as I could with the little people um, and school and the business. So uh, but the weight was not budging, you know, and um, so I made an appointment with my doctor. I'm like, I want to check and make sure everything's good. You know, so I went to the doctor and, um, you know, she took blood work and kind of, you know, did the whole physical. Um, And then when we sat down, she's like, well. It looks like you're perfectly healthy. Like we don't see any problems, you know. And I started crying. I'm like, I don't care. This weight got to go. This ain't me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm here for. No <laughs> But um, but um in that moment, I was like, you know, I was telling her, I was like, well, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I've been doing this, and um, I've been doing this for two months and the weight's not really going anywhere. Cause at that point mm-hmm. I had to on the scale. Cause you know, you get a physical, you had to get on the scale. I was about mm-hmm. 259 at that point. Right. Wow. And I'm like, I at this size, during the life change that I had, I should have saw a drastic, at least a 20 pound, you know, drop or something, yeah. and, you know? Um, So you know, the mm-hmm. doctor, she's like, she goes, uh, well, there are, surgical ways to help you you know like the gastric sleeve and she said well um the uh your insurance will also cover that and i thought about it but i was like absolutely not <laughs> no um because in my mind it's not something that's out of my control this is something mm-hmm. that is in my control and this is something that you know, um, I could do that and it would be helpful. Um, but I'd rather do it natural. I'd rather do it natural and 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 get the reward. Wanted more of the reward. Yeah. Um, and also I I just felt like, you know, I'm 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 mentally strong enough to do this. It's hard, mm-hmm. but I can do it. You know, I, I can do this, you know. I've been right. in the military. I've, you know, I've been doing some crazy stuff. Trust me, that training was crazy. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I can do this, you know, I didn't slept in the woods for three mm-hmm. days under a poncho tied to two trees <laughs> in the ditch. I can do this. Okay? I can do this. <laughs> you know, um, but it was a process. And really what I was going to the doctor for was, was, information honestly like resources like let, let me talk to a nutritionist tell me what i can do you know i didn't right. want a surgical intervention and i just think that that's very interesting that um you go to a doctor and and they don't give you natural holistic ways to address right. what you're going through
0: yeah the fast way yeah. out that's i'm shocked about that too they're basically just just telling people you know, to get this done instead of actually trying to work it work it out the
1: Right. They want to take the easy way
0: out.
1: You know, and, and not that, you know, that process doesn't have its own complications. And you know, you do have, you know, there there are processes that you have to do when you get that, but um, it does, you know, help you out to to, to a degree. Um so after that, I went through a couple different phrases. I went through we there was this, you know, girls group that we had put together of a bunch of women. Uh, military wives that we we all were working yeah. out. Like we would go to the park with our little kids and we would like work out and, oh, okay. and, <laughs> um, and uh and then me and this me and my me and one of the women in the group, her name is Martinique. Uh hey Martinique are you watching? Um uh she her and I got really close. We got really, really close. And then it was just me and her. It was me me and her mm-hmm. shooting in a dream. We was in the gym every single <laughs> <laughs> some so, well, you know, some days she didn't go or I didn't go, but we were still there. Like accountability partners are very helpful. I would tell you they that. Mm-hmm. Um, having mm-hmm. an accountability partner to like keep you. Hey, you're not working out today. Why not? Where are you at?
0: You mm-hmm. know, because
1: like, <laughs> uh, there was days where I really didn't want to go. And a lot of days I did want to go, but there were some days I really didn't want to. I was tired, you know, and she would be like, you know, she would you know send me that text and I'd be like, let me get up. You know, let me get, it. let me do this, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would say I I really needed that because um, at that time I really didn't get support from from my spouse. You know, uh, like he I told him. you, we were in Italy, we were going through you know a rough phase, and it would be like you know he he does he goes to work and he does his thing, and then he comes home, you know dinner's done, I make sure everybody's fed, and then I'm ta- I'm tailing him to the gym. Like, you know, right. I'm at the gym, uh, but that became a fight. Like going to the gym yeah. became a fight. It became a reason for us to argue. It became something that we're arguing about. And, you know, it would have been easier, Like okay, well, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to stay home. But, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted what I wanted. <laughs> and what I wanted was to lose that weight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um it's, it's really great if you have support from your spouse and your person. Um, but even if you don't, I think it's important to just stick to it, you know, yeah. like persevere through that, because sometimes you don't have anybody. Sometimes you right. don't have a system, you know, sometimes you don't have anything, you know. Um, and at that time, I was feeling really good because I had lost like 40 pounds. And, you know, I was about half, you know, I was, I was on my way, you know, I was on my way, Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of, I ended up, like everybody says, any, any process is not linear, you know, it's going to have ebbs and flows. It's going to have twists and turns. Um, So during kind of the end of our time in Italy, Martinique had left, she had, you know, PCS somewhere else. Um, And I had kind of relaxed a lot on on kind of my behaviors you know um and w- what people say is true working out it improves your mood it improves your happiness you know right? it improves the quality of life and then also just that was a big thing for me doing something for myself does that make sense because mm-hmm. i at yeah. that time being a wife, mom you're doing everything for everybody, everybody mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. I felt really good about going to the gym every day even though I didn't always want to because I was doing something for myself. Um and yeah. and it was the and, and I knew it was the it was the only role to change. You know, I I feel like it depressed me more being in the state that I was in and not um not making any sort of uh, efforts to get out of that, right? So even if it's not completely different tomorrow, if I'm putting in The behaviors that I know over a long period of time will get me where I want to be for some that that gives me that invigorates me, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's it is what it is. If if, if nothing changes, nothing will change, you know, so you have to, to make those changes in order to make the change. Um, but there was a lot of learning that went along with that process weight, you know, losing weight and and learning about your body and what's healthy and what's not healthy and what's good and what's not good. There's a lot of information out there that you need to know, you know, so yeah. I really, mm-hmm. um, especially because my process was not easy. I I had to read a lot. I had to learn about the body. I had to learn about um, nutrition. I had to learn about what foods were good and what foods were bad, you know. Um, Things that you think you would just automatically know, but you have to go into more depth about that, I think. Um, And just understanding you have to change your mindset. You really do. Um, I I really had to change the way that I looked at eating, how I associated myself with eating and with food and what and what that meant to me. Right. Like um, the doctor actually hit me with a wonderful thing. She said, oh, you have an eating disorder. Right. You automatically think it's, you know, anorexia or bulimia, right? But when you have a very strange relationship with food, that is also a form of an eating disorder. Um, so I had to think about, I had to learn that essentially your body is a biological machine. That's what it is. It is a, it's a flesh and blood machine. And just like any other machine, you have to maintenance it, right? Like, like any other machine. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I started seeing seeing things differently and then understanding that we look at food. We, we eat food for pleasure a lot of the times. We eat food for, mm-hmm. uh, for comfort. We eat food just for taste, right? We just, our palate, I want to right. taste this. You know?
3: yeah. um,
1: but I really had to change the way that I was looking at food. I had to change it because the reality is food is your fuel, right like right. You know, yeah. right food is your fuel it is there to give you energy it is there to power your body to perform the necessary functions that it needs to perform um and when you're putting crap in your body your body doesn't perform as it should right mm-hmm. so in order to make sure that your body is is working correctly and functioning 100% correctly you have to put in the correct fuel. Right. Um, right. so mm-hmm. changing the way I looked at food, changing the way I looked at eating was a large part of it. I, so not only just working on your body, also working on your mind, you know, you're working on the way that you see things, the way that, um, the way that you, uh, associate food and eating, um, and, and try not to make that a burden. Honestly. Um, mm. I think it becomes a bigger burden when you look at it as a diet.
3: Mm-hmm. Right
1: and um, our lifestyle—that's right. Lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It for me, mm-hmm. I yo-yoed so much with my eating until I committed to a lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I tried different things here and there, um, different types of diets here and there, um, figuring this out and that out. And I'll be honest with you, the biggest, the most—I would say—the most lucrative thing that I found uh, was intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Intermittent fasting—it's wonderful—and there are some people that don't adhere to it because they'll say if you go off of intermittent fasting, you'll gain the weight back. But what's interesting mm-hmm. for me is intermittent fasting became a lifestyle. It became right. my lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. how I live. I am an intermittent fasting person, like, and my body got so used to it that I would get hungry around the time I was supposed to eat. You know. I wouldn't mm, be hungry, mm-hmm. so it would be like as soon as I start feeling those cravings, I look at the time. Oh, it's time! It's time to eat, you know. Um, so your body, your body reacts to to, to what, to what you put it mm-hmm. through, you know. Whatever, okay. whatever you, whatever you tell it to do, it will do. You know, what I mean? eventually it, adjust. It, mm-hmm. it, it yeah, will fully adjust. It will. Um, so I think, and then when we moved to to Washington, I I was kind of, um, I was. I would say a little over halfway through the weight loss process, you know? So I was about like 190s. I'm um, kind of like going down, feeling good, feeling good, but still mm-hmm. like not at my goal because it's interesting when you lose a lot of weight and you still have 40 pounds to lose. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the depressing part, right? Like when when you have a massive amount of weight to lose, you really have to set small goals. Okay. Through those small goals is the only way you'll make it through because if, if you have 60, 75 pounds to lose, you know, after every difficult 10 pounds, you're like, I still have 40 more pounds. I still have 30, you know, it's still, it's like, oh yeah. my God, <laughs> you have to set those small goals because, um, the one thing I always say when, um, there are a lot of women that reach out to me, like off social media and ask me, you know, questions and I'm like, it does take a long time. It took me about a year mm-hmm. and a half to lose hundred pounds. I'm not, I can't say I'm it doesn't happen to eight months. I wish I had that right. story to tell. I don't, you know. Um, but what I say is the time's going to pass anyway, right? With consistency, um, too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, time, the time in the time gonna pass. You're gonna to get to next year, you're gonna to get to next month, next week, next year, you're gonna get there, right? But if you don't practice the right behaviors every single day, when you get there, you'll be in the exact same place you are now. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you put in the behaviors, even if you go slow as a snail, right. You'll be in a different place in the future. Right. You just have to put in the work. Mm. That's true.
0: Yeah. Do you think with, do you think your issue, well, not your issue, but your celebration of how you got to where you were was because you did the research of, you know, mentally changing and then getting to the physical portion? Because a lot of people, we, you know, typically just be like, well, let me just change my diet. But they actually don't do the research in regards to the nutrition's that are good for their body, their fuel, um, in order for them to lose it. Because everybody's body's different. and Absolutely. You know. Everybody's mm-hmm. journey with yeah. weightlifting is going to be different as well. So, do you think that you know motivated
1: you more to lose the weight because you did the research? Um, I think it put me on in the right lane, if that makes sense. And okay. I think it also gave me the courage to know that I could get it done. Um, when mm-hmm. I feel like when I first started, I was just doing what I know, um, doing what I could. But the more you know, you know, the more you know, the better you do and so right. with that it gave me it gave me the you know the courage and it gave me um the confidence to to keep going and be like i, I can do this i can do this i know a lot i'm talking to trainers and i'm like yeah no. i like, you know you tell me stuff yeah i know like <laughs> i'm aware like so let's have a conversation you know but um <laughs> you know, right. um, He's like well, let me I- teach you a couple things okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, but and I'm always and I'm always down to help other other people because it's so hard. It's it's zero percent easy, you know. And and when I was 250 pounds and I was trying to lose the weight, I really, really wanted to look to somebody who went through what I was embarking upon. Like I, you know, there's a lot of wonderful fitness trainers who are wonderful, giving great information and all that stuff is wonderful and it should continue. Um, but for me, I wanted someone who couldn't tell me, who wasn't going to tell me um, theories, um, but was going to tell me their experience. Right? They mm-hmm. could tell me from experience what I was, in, what I was looking forward to in this process, um, and that's what I wanted. And so that's why I was like, okay. I maybe I'll tell my story because maybe I can be that person for somebody else because I needed that person, right? I'm, I was I'm on Instagram searching for that person, like who lost about a hundred. I need to see, you know. <laughs> right. Even though in your mind you know that it works, you you almost don't believe it's going to happen. Mm. You know.
0: So and it's hard. It's hard to you know continuing to do it you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. we we do get in a funk where it's like, okay, I lost, you lost a, a pretty good amount, but you didn't reach your goal. And the the amazing thing I love about that is you didn't give up. You didn't stop there. You mm-hmm. kept on going. And that's hard for some people. Once they start seeing the results, they go back into the bad habits of eating unhealthy. Yep. And, exact, yep. You
3: know, mm-hmm, to, indeed.
0: Going back mm-hmm. into the routine of being comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how did you continuing to do it, like what motivated you to just keep going
1: um well I did that a little bit too um (laughs) there was like okay I was eating whatever and I gained 10 pounds all right let's start anew let's start anew um but but it was it was just my desire to get where I wanted to be honestly it was like regardless of if I'm falling off it's like okay it sucks that I gained 10 pounds awesome you know I you know but um, if I don't get back on the ball, I'll probably gain another 10 pounds. Right. Like, um, right, so, right. so for me, it was like, you know, okay, I have to continue this process. Otherwise I'm never going to get, get where I want to be. Um, and then when mm-hmm. I got there, I had to continue the process, um, because I want to stay there. Um, and, um, and then through that process, honestly, it just changed the way that I live. So this is the way that I live, right. I eat this way. This is just you know i don't have any specific diet i'm just i eat what's good for my body you know and um like i said i look at f- food as my fuel so what type of fuel do i need today right do i need more energy do i need mm-hmm. more vitamin? like what type of fuel does my body need in this moment and that's how i choose to eat
2: i i like that. how you yeah i love how 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 you said that you know you want to eat the things that, I, that are going to fuel your body. You know, certain people just, oh, well, I'm going to eat this because this is going to make me feel better. It's like caffeine. Caffeine is going to give me the fuel that I need, and technically it doesn't because you take the caffeine, and next thing you know, you are you just drop. And I love how you you took control. You took control, and I'm just like, you know, this is enough. I'm going to take control, and I'm going to do what I got to do to lose the weight. I love that.
1: Thank you. Um Coffee, coffee, coffee. I actually just recently <laughs> quit coffee. Oh, I was an addict. I was an addict, you know. But coffee is it has a lot of really negative effects on your body, you know. And I'm like, I do what's good for my body, but I'm gonna have this coffee in the morning. I'm
0: gonna have these two I didn't <laughs> get rid of the coffee,
1: I, of the coffee. <laughs> I had to switch to herbal tea, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. At first, oh my god, I was a baby about it. I hated tea. I'm like the stag on tea. What a
0: tea! <laughs> I, think I get rid of. I'm with. I'm with Omar. I don't think I could get rid of my coffee. <laughs> I could never. Like we, we gonna go to war with that. I ain't get rid of them more the
3: coffee.
0: <laughs> and you got ice, smoke, mokeyot. We got so many different. <laughs> I'm, I'm not
2: much of a coffee drinker. I prefer tea. I like the coffee, but I don't drink too much of it. But
1: I prefer tea. So I'm I'm on the tea bandwagon now. I've got a couple. Okay, I like okay,
3: okay. Don't fall oh,
1: off. I let me tell <laughs> I was a two-cup a day coffee drinker. Play with me.
0: Oh we, got, we got some people that's uh, two years clean. Okay, Nisha's over there. Congratulations oh, for the two years clean because I'm i little Mark. I
3: could never <laughs> <laughs> oh, kudos,
0: yeah. to you, girl. kudos to you, Daryl. Kudos <laughs> to
1: uh, you. Uh, congratulations. I know how hard it is. Okay? <laughs> Your hat hard. okay.
2: I mean, I think it's I think it's hard, you know, especially when you're used to drinking like a cup of coffee in the morning every day. And it's just just it becomes a habit and Absolutely. I think it's hard to like really, cause it, it has the caffeine. It, I mean, some people drink decaf, but if you're a caffeine drinker, when it comes to coffee, that's hard to get rid of. That's just something that you're so used to having. And it's a habit, you know? Uh,
1: <laughs> and you it like the taste. I mean, I'm a coffee drinker, not just because of the caffeine, but I love the taste. I like the caffeine taste of coffee. I, I take it. No sugar, a little, a little cream. No sugar. Oh, no I can't sugar. do that. Oh, nah, like, I like, I, like the beer, I don't know. <laughs>
3: Oh no! Well, Don't well, take
1: me down memory lane. Stop for have a relapse, okay? All
3: <laughs> right, all right.
1: You're right. You're right. You're right.
0: Uh, shout out to the coffee drinkers. I ain't going nowhere. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you could give advice to um women who's lost a child, or you know, battling stress, um, even you know, being at a high risk of having a child, and then just you know, trying to get your yourself back to your original weight, what would it be, or what encouragement would you like to give to others?
1: Um, well, kind of, I'll answer that in two pieces. Um, okay. For, for the women that are, I guess, um, lost a child, I, I don't know that there's any advice. I don't know that there's anything that can make that better. Um, the advice that I have is just for the people around that woman right? Mm-hmm. Um, just system. love on mm-hmm. her, yeah. just love on her and and be there.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: for the second piece, I would say, um, if you don't have a support system, you can find a support system, you know, now with social media and the internet and just, uh, just the possibility to connect with people, there are so many encouraging people out there that have gone through it. And I would say, mm-hmm um having staying connected to feeding yourself that information if it makes sense feeding yourself that courage that encouragement that positivity that that push forward that um that tenacity feeding yourself that sticking you know really connecting with people that are on that wavelength will really help you through the process and i think if you stick with it you'll find you'll find joy in it not just the mm-hmm. end result, but you'll find joy in the process. You'll mm-hmm. start to fall in love with the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Great advice. I love that.
1: So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oh, do I.
2: So with everything that, you know, for losing your baby, gaining all this weight, um, striving through and losing the weight, um, can you speak on your accomplishments and what you are doing in the community to encourage other women and other mothers out there um, on on transitioning and to helping them
1: through familiar stories like yours? Absolutely. So, um, essentially, I, I do a lot of you know I'm, I'm heavy on social media. I post um, kind of my my I'm honest on there. I post, I post my wins and losses, right? Like you know. <laughs> Um, so they've been asking me to do a day in the life. I promise it's coming. I swear it's coming. I've just been super busy. <laughs> um, in addition to that, I am very heavily involved in my community. Um, I am a um, I'm a part of the Parks and Rec Commission for the City of Coatesville, um, and we're doing a lot of great things in the city, bringing programming to to the parks in the in the uh, unused spaces in the city. Um, just really, we revamped one of the one of one of the beautiful parks. You know, the rest of the parks are on the way as well. Um, And we've got programs that we've got, you know, we do typically maybe one event a month per year um, in, in a line with Sundays in the Park, which just ended this fall. Uh, Please check it out on my social media page. Uh, (laughs) But I think it's, I think it's really important to be involved in your community. I think um, it's great to, to uh, be passionate about the issues that are going on in the world and and open those conversations and post about it, but it's also really important to get up and get involved and put yourself in a position that way, that way your voice can be heard and you can actually affect change.
2: Mm, okay. I love that. I love that. I love okay. that's amazing. Okay. Um can you also uh speak on uh ways to not only just to with women, you know, not just like trying to get out there, lose the weight and being out there. Do you, do you, can you just give like, when you were in your marriage, uh, especially when it comes to a spouse, how can they go about being able not, you know, to work through that while they're being, while they're going through depression?
1: Um, as far as for the spouse's perspective. Yeah. So I would say just be as supportive as you can. Honestly, it's a a really difficult process and um, it's hard enough on you mentally, physically, emotionally without having opposition from your partner. Right. So just being there, being supportive, um, you know, giving them the space. Um, to do what they need, even getting on board. I, You know, if, if you can get on board with, you know, their eating practices, right? So she's not making two meals. I've been there making two different meals, one meal for myself, one meal for, okay. you know, like my husband. Um, so she's not having to, you know, just involve yourself in the process as much as you can and just okay. kind of go with her. Okay. That's awesome. great advice. I, that
2: is. So balance. Um, yes, I agree. Definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah, so my, my, near- my best friend call me a, a, a moody, balanced woman. <laughs> I'm you. <laughs> 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 um,
2: thank you for so much uh, for coming on and speaking on your story. And I hope, uh, I mean, you definitely threw out some good jams and hopefully someone takes heed to uh, everything that you have spoken on this evening. So we have one question. We ask all our guest speaker, what makes you uncommon?
1: Ooh, nice. Um, I would say uh, my only gift, and I'm going to quote Einstein, um, is I'm passionately curious. That's it. Um, That's so my I only like talent. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like
2: that. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, no, it, it's been a joy having you. Um, Shanara, do we have any comments,
0: um, questions, questions, from the audience? Uh, we don't have any questions. Just a few comments. Omar said it's either coffee or cupcakes in the mornings. <laughs> so he's choosing coffee. Uh... I say go with the coffee. I say go with the coffee. Uh, the recovered addict says that you got to replace it with something. So I'm just wondering what she replaced her coffee with. I guess it's the tea. <laughs> you
1: have to replace it because it's just like i air? What? No.
0: <laughs> maybe it's water, you know. Maybe she replaced the water. I'm not sure. We're going it's, to gotta it's gotta be hot too. <laughs> That's funny. And just some other supporters. Uh, we have Amber. Hi, Amber. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Tina, thank you so much for tuning hey. in. Episode. Uh, we have Lynn. Thank you so much for tuning in. So just some support. You definitely have an amazing support system out there. Um, I'm going to have to steal some of your support in case I need some in my future.
3: <laughs> I, I've got <laughs> enough to go around.
0: I've
1: got
3: enough
1: to go around. Jimmy, <laughs> Thank
2: you again. Um, oh, there goes another, uh, comment. All, Ooh, types, of <laughs> all types of cheese. All right. Got you. All
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you my
2: favorites, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you again, uh, Tanira. It was an honor um on hearing your story. Keep doing what you're doing and you know, um, and just inspiring women and encouraging them. Um So I'm going to close out. Um, Thank you to our viewers um, that were listening in this evening. Make sure you go out and check out our apparel. Uh, We definitely check out our our winter hoodies. They're nice and warm (laughs) for the winter time. uh, You can go check them out at www.uncommonwomen.net as well as if you want to be a guest speaker uh, for next coming season, for season six. You can also go to the website uh, that's on the screen as well. Um, if you want to contact us, uh, you can email us at oncoming 3 gmail.com. And also, we have a special event coming up November 19th. I Love Myself Seminar. Um, you can purchase your tickets. At, uh, you purchase your tickets. Tickets are $25. Um, and, and, it, and it is an in-person event. Um, you can go to the website, uh, go to the link. Uh, I love myself seminar at eventbrite.com. It's also on the screen shown there. And this uh, this will be next week will be our last episode of the season. And um, everyone, make sure you come check us out next week and stay on Common. Bye.